lawyers out in the audience? Hello and welcome to episode number 143 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, we got a few things to talk about. A lot of things going on in the world and some uh, maybe of a little bit more importance than others. But uh, Howard Stern fans are upset because their hero, Howard, is. Uh, taking a vacation i mean is this a a clear case that people have no actual priorities they have no concept of the world around them i guess this is probably a good sign that nobody cares about covid anymore nobody's really paying any attention to what's going on with the economy in the united states nobody seems to be paying attention to the fact that sleepy joe is nowhere to be found most of the time. And when Sleepy Joe is on the talking tubes, he is reading from a teleprompter and not answering questions directly from the media, which is concerning again. If you've ever known anybody that had gone into dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that, you know the effect that that can have. And it is very concerning to me that Joe is not answering questions. And the few times that he does, he gets angry really quick. These mood swings going on, which, again, if you know anybody that ever had dementia, that's a part of it. And uh, Joe appears to be not in 100% mental capacity state. And that is concerning. But. I am sure much more important to Howard Stern's fans is that he's taking a vacation. Yes, his fans are in an up and out, complete outrage state because Howard Stern decided to take a vacation. I don't quite understand the mentality, but I mean, I guess it would be nice to have fans that vehement and get upset when you decide to take a little bit of time off. One fan went over to Reddit to fume, quote, Howard Stern taking the whole summer off. This is bull, S-H-I-T. Howard Stern just announced for his new contract, there will not be any new shows after this week until September. Yes, September all in caps. Dig the all in caps yelling. At first, he tried to claim they always do this during the summer, then pivoted and said this summer off was part of the new deal he made. Then the the, the fan added, couldn't take just two weeks off? No, that would be too fair to his customers. I pay $20 a month for Sirius XM, and I'm not paying $40 for reruns. All Stern fans should do this. Uh, So, yeah, I guess that uh, they're they're trying to get a boycott, people to just cancel for the two months, which makes sense if you're paying month to month for a service and for two months, what you want isn't going to be on, then by all means, 
go ahead and cancel. I mean, if you're only paying the 20 bucks a month for Stern, then I mean, that's that's fine. Obviously, you think that show is worth it. Uh, Stern's new deal is a pretty big one, I guess. From what I can tell, it seems he just signed a deal. I don't know how many years this goes over, but it's uh, supposedly a $500 million deal. So I'm guessing that's 10 years, maybe more. It's hard to say. I know the great L. Rushbo, Rush Limbaugh, was bringing in 30-something million, I believe, a year. And in this case, I mean, it's a paid service. So I guess if there's enough people like this irate fan that went to Reddit to complain about this, that Howard Stern is taking a vacation, then, uh, yeah, I guess you could afford that. Howard's still bringing in more money than I would have guessed. I mean, I'm surprised the audience is that large. Because of the fact that there are so many alternatives out there, if you're just looking to tune in and get that type of programming, I mean, Howard was one of the first, one of the most successful, no doubt. We know for a fact that he's uh, inspired a lot of podcasters to do the things that we do, including our buddy Carl from Who Are These Podcasts. But there's a lot of alternatives now. Paying 20 bucks a month for the Howard Stern program on XM Radio to go and pay for the whole XM service just for Howard. I mean, he should really figure out a way to just get that 20 bucks direct because he's not getting that whole 20 bucks when this guy's talking about paying his subscription because that's for XM Radio as a whole. And there's hundreds, I believe, channels on XM Radio. A lot of people have programs. There's a lot of different types of channels on there. And this really just made me think of the podcasting 2.0 thing that Adam Curry and Dave Jones are putting together. Adam Curry, of course, the podfather, the guy that invented podcasting, which basically took the radio format that guys like Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern were so very good at and took it off the airwaves and put it into your mp3 player whatever type of player that may be mainly phones now but of course you can listen at work on a desktop on a laptop it is quite easy to get programming wherever you want it including live programming howard stern like anybody does not need xm satellite radio in order to broadcast to a fan base live in real time. It can be done uh, in a variety of ways, including running your own servers, doing all the work that way. And if you have a large enough audience, that would seem to make more sense. But, you know, people are still going to be upset when you're taking a few weeks off. And I don't blame Howard Stern for taking a couple of months off, especially if you just signed a brand new deal. Every now and then, I think it's important to recharge. A lot of times, I'm sure people that do the things that I'm doing right here talking to you, there's times you're like, well, I don't really know what I want to say. I don't really have much to say. There's times where it's good to just take a few days away and regroup, re-energize, recharge. And Howard just signed a big deal. So why not let the guy go enjoy a couple of months off? And if you're crying about the 40 bucks it's going to cost you, then cancel your serious XM radio 
but then support some podcasters who you can have plenty of time to listen to. If you normally listen to Howard Stern for hours a day and you're like, he's taking two months off, what am I going to do? Well, check out this show. I don't mean, I don't know how you'd be hearing it right now if you didn't already know about it, but check out all the different types of podcasts. There's plenty of entertainment, enlightenment, educational stuff that you can get in the podcast sphere. And this shows, I think, that there is a lot of credence to what Adam Curry has been pushing for years, which is podcasting, allowing the listener base, whatever you want to call them, to interact with the show, to be able to donate to the show, to be able to contribute in a bunch of different ways, actually makes a whole lot of sense. Because if they were to take a few weeks off your favorite podcaster, then no big deal. Because you're not in a monthly subscription model where they're promising you something or you're used to getting X amount of programs. You get to decide what it's worth to you at that given time. And if it's not worth anything at that particular given time, then you give nothing. If the content you're getting is really good and you think it's worth something to you, then you go and you give some of that value back. That's We work on the value for value model here, and it has worked well for us. I mean, I'm not rich. We don't have any uh, donors today, so obviously we've been doing really crappy work over the last few shows, but I've had a whole lot of support for this show over the 142 episodes and over at Grumpy Old Ben's and some of the other stuff that I've done. And nobody gets uh, mad if you take a few days off because you're not charging them a monthly fee to get the programming. So this would seem to make sense that, you know, Howard, go to a podcast. Well, now he can't because he's making 500 million. I know how horrible would that be to be making 500 million dollars to sit around and talk into a microphone. I would take that gig. I would do it for half that. But uh, then your fans get mad if you take some time off and they go to Reddit, which is a cesspool. The Internet as a whole is a cesspool. But that's where the fans are going to complain about how we're taking the time off. But the media as a whole is dropping audience like uh, it's going out of style. I don't know. How do you drop something? It's just crashing. It is dive bombing. The numbers that the mainstream media are pulling in now that Donald Trump is not in the White House. And we predicted this. Bill O'Reilly also predicted this, that once Trump was gone, all those eyeballs that were paying attention and tuning in to MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, a lot of those people, once the show gets boring, they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to do something else with their time. They're not going to pay attention. The Trump soap opera needed him in order to be interesting. Now that Joe Biden has taken a leading role and he's sleepy Joe, he doesn't really say anything exciting. He can barely get a sentence out without just, you know, it's uh, not that fun to watch. It's not must-see TV anymore. Joe is must-snooze TV. I mean, if you want to, you know, get a nap in, you would turn on CNN and listen to their coverage of what Joe Biden's been up to, and you would fall asleep and take a nap because that's pretty much what Joe is doing, it seems, each and every day. 
But according to a Fox News article, just to show you how bad this has gotten, MSNBC averaged only 847,000 viewers during the second quarter of this year, and CNN, a dismal 654,000. By comparison, Fox News, it said, averaged 1.2 million, which is okay, but compared to the heyday of news media, nothing. That is a very small amount of people to be averaging in your daily views. When you compare that to something like the Joe Rogan podcast, you're understanding why Joe has such pull because he's got a larger audience than MSNBC and CNN and Fox News. I mean, he's not 24 hours a day, but when he puts out the content, he has the eyeballs. Fox is back to being the number one basic cable channel out there, which also shows you that overall, there's not a lot of people getting their entertainment or their news via the cable channels anymore. And then you start asking yourself a whole bunch of questions. But CNN failed to crack even the one million viewer threshold during their primetime hours, which shows you how bad they've gotten. And uh, MSNBC also then lost to CNN in the key demographic of adults 25 to 54. Since the first quarter of this year, CNN has pretty much lost one half its audience. So in about three months, they've lost about half their audience. Donald Trump exited, as did the people watching their network. And it's great. We understand how this works. You will do whatever you can to get people to tune into your program. Podcasters are the same way. We're trying to put out content that people will find interesting and engaging, and that will bring them in. For CNN and MSNBC, for four years of the Trump show, it was Trump bashing, Trump bashing, Trump bashing that brought the people in, like location, location, location when it comes to real estate. For the media, Trump bashing, Trump bashing, Trump bashing was what brought them in, and now they're still trying it. It's a fun little game you can play. With CNN, especially, I don't usually check the MSNBC website with regularity, but the CNN site, I do probably once a day or so. I play a little game because not that I usually want to read what CNN is putting out there, because usually you know what you're going to get when it comes to their bias. They're not a news organization anymore as much as an activist organization. And that's fine, but then don't portray yourself as a news organization. But if you want to have fun with CNN, play the game of opening up their website. And I do this on a desktop, so I don't know. Your mileage may vary if you're doing it on a phone. But on a desktop size screen, almost 100% of the time, you're going to see Trump on that page without scrolling down when you load the CNN site still today. And we are going on, we're at the end of June now. So we're six months into the Biden presidency and the top stories on CNN are still talking about Donald Trump. Why is that? 
when he's out of office. Of course, a lot of the stories are just fantastically not accurate. You know, claims that Donald Trump saying he's going to be reinstated in August says, you know, anonymous sources or sources close to the matter. Never believe media unless they're willing to give you the source. And most media these days not giving you the source. There is a big difference between sometimes you do have to protect a source for a story. But it shouldn't be each and every story where you don't know the source of the information that you're getting. If they can't vet what they're telling you, then they pretty much know it's a load of crap, but they're preaching to the choir and they know that what people really seem to like for four years was bash Trump, bash Trump, bash Trump. So what they're continuing to do on CNN is they grasp for every last bit of your attention is they're going on to continue to bash Trump. The uh, Daily Caller reported at the end of May that the Nielsen Media Research Company did a uh, a survey and showed that CNN had lost 67% of its total viewers since January when Donald Trump left office. So this is hemorrhaging. The audience is disappearing which I would say is good, but the audience has disappeared from pretty much every major news source, which kind of makes sense because as we've talked about here, it's hard to find a major news source that is actually telling you the truth, that is actually doing journalism and not activism. But when people are not getting their information, from the CNNs or the Fox News or the MSNBCs, and they're turning away from the Washington Post and the New York Times and the Chicago Tribune because they're all pretty much doing the same thing at this point. The question then becomes where are people turning for their news? And the answer, I think, is even worse than the mainstream media who we can look at and tell you exactly where they're wrong. When you turn to social media, which is where I think most people are, getting their news from Twitter and Facebook and, God forbid, TikTok, Instagram, they're turning to these sites for news, and what they're getting is, again, more lies, mistruths, overall activists who are pushing a narrative on both sides and it becomes very very hard to know exactly what the truth is it's not easy to do research on a lot of things that matter now because it's being covered in such a way that most people because it's the way our brains are hardwired when it comes to bias We want to find a source that agrees with what we say. And there are a lot of people who will find that source in a commentator or something like that and then never want to vary from that path, meaning if they say something, you're going to believe it 100%. And I've got people that I watch, that I follow, that I trust, but 
the ones that aren't backing things up with hard facts, I go looking for the hard facts. And if you can't find them, then you got a problem. Or if you find facts that say something else, you got a bigger problem. But most people don't do that. Most people take the easy way. They want to be spoon fed stuff. They want to be spoon fed in headlines instead of going into the minutiae of stories. And that just leads to a whole lot more issues of people not understanding very complex issues. Looking at what's going on here in the United States right now, there's a lot of people that think Joe Biden is doing a bang up job. Now, if you're to ask them, well, then what about these gas prices? Because gas prices today, here at the end of June 2021, they're at their highest level in seven years. So we haven't seen this since years before Trump took office. Now Biden's back and boom, the gas prices have gone up, up and up. And I mean, they'll tell you, no, Joe wasn't the cause of that. Even though you could point to almost literally the first thing Joe did once he took office was go after the pipeline. And that started the domino effect where gas prices began to rise immediately. And when gas prices rise, everything that you buy physically will raise. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily bring up your Netflix price, although they'll probably raise their price too. But you want to talk about groceries? Do you know how those groceries get to your local store? They get trucked in. And do you know what trucks take to work? Yeah, diesel fuel. And when the price of fuel continues to go up, that means getting, you know, your apples, your Fujis, they're good stuff. You take some bananas, maybe you want some broccoli, you take some chicken, all of this stuff. The prices are going up because moving it from point A to point B is now costing more money. So gasoline, highest price in seven years. Grocery prices since Biden took office are up on average about five to 10% for most things. And that is something people will start seeing in their bank accounts. It's showing already. And I don't know how much it's going to take before people reach a breaking point. I don't know how many people understand the concept of inflation. Meaning if you're one of the few people, and there's a lot of people in the United States who have very little or zero savings. I mean, if you do have any money in the bank, I don't know how many people realize that, yeah, that number may still be, you know, 10 bucks, but what that $10 can buy today, as opposed to what it could buy three months, six months, a year ago is different. So while it still says you got the money. Your money buys less, which means that's costing me. And Joe Biden said nobody was going to pay more taxes if you made under what, 400,000 or something as a family. But the reality is, if you drive, and most people do, if you go to work, you commute in a car and that takes gas. My wife works about uh, 45 minutes from the house here, and we've already done the math. With the gas prices going up, it's already costing about an extra 1200 bucks or so a year at this point. 
in just being able to gas up the car to get back and forth to work. I mean, Joe said, well, that's not a tax, but it is because it's costing you money. It's costing me money. Anybody that has to get into a car and drive, it's costing you more money to do the things you normally do. And if you want to eat, and I think most people want to eat, that's costing you more money. So it's important to know what's going on when it comes to inflation. It's important to know what's going on when it comes to gas prices, which also means your electric rates are probably going up in the winter. It's going to cost more to heat your house. And all of this, as it costs people more and more money, people end up with less and less. And the media is covering for Sleepy Joe. I just pulled up CNN's website. And while the headline is in regards to the Miami building collapse, the next biggest story is Trump organization expected to be charged with tax crimes on Thursday. There's always something expected to be happening on CNN. Expected to happen. This is kind of like sources close to the matter. When something happens and uh, there's actually a charge filed, I mean, okay, that's kind of maybe news, but the reality is until there is a verdict on anything, not really news, but the media is pulling the old look over here. And most people do. And if you look at what's going on on social media, we see the massive amounts of censorship that are still going on. If you start talking about things that they don't like, a lot of news lately about the virus originating, of course, in a lab in Wuhan, things like ivermectin being very, very useful when it comes to the early treatment of COVID-19. But no, 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 no. We can't have people talking about these things because big tech taking control. There was a story about Google now that will start giving you warnings when you're pulling up news or doing a search for news, telling you, well, you know, this story appears to still be in progress. And, you know, the, the sources that we like maybe haven't uh, chimed in yet. That was kind of the gist of this, which is for news stories, they want to warn you that maybe what you're reading is not accurate. I mean, maybe they've learned a little bit of a lesson from a lot of this COVID-19 stuff that people were getting kicked off of platforms for that they found, you know, might just be true a few weeks or months later. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing for Google to be warning you that you're looking up something that is a breaking news story, that maybe things will change. Because in breaking news stories, they often do. Because organizations and journalists, using air quotes, no longer try to get things right and 100% correct before publishing, they are more worried about being first to publish, which leads to a lot of stories jumping to conclusions, trying to fill in the blanks before. They have been filled in, guessing at what happened. And then the reality comes out that they were wrong. So I don't have a problem with somebody like Google or a search engine 
when you're doing a search for something that is a current news story reminding you of that. But we've done some research and talked about this over on the other show I do with Ryan Bemrose, Grumpy Old Benz, GrumpyOldBenz.com, that sites like Breitbart, who are right-leaning, even when doing a specific search for a story that was on Breitbart using the exact headline in quotes, still would not return Breitbart as a source. So while I don't mind a reminder that, hey, you're searching for information on the Miami condo collapse and it happened, you know, 10 minutes ago. So this is a story in flux. I'm okay with that. But Google's also hiding sources that they don't like. And that is nefarious. That is keeping you from getting information. A lot of these same sources are the ones that were talking about the Wuhan lab leak theory. They were the ones talking about the ivermectin and other medications that might work with COVID-19. These were accredited doctors who were looking at these things and saying, hey, we have a problem with this. And they were all being silenced by big tech. And it turns out big tech was wrong. So is big tech going to be held responsible? Are there going to be lawsuits? Can people now go and sue Google because a family member would ever died that maybe would have gotten treatment because they hid, you know, those certain sources that they didn't like. It's an interesting world we're getting to because information is easy to put up on the internet, but it is very easy to be blocked by big tech. It's very easy to be kicked off of a variety of these platforms, not for being hateful, not for being misleading, not for being spammy, but for just having a different opinion and being able to get to the minutiae of a story, to be able to get to the reality, to be able to get to the truth is an important thing. And it's very rarely done in the headlines. And it's very rarely done without doing some actual journalism. There's a story about pitcher Major League Baseball. I know we like to blast Major League Baseball, but this is more about Trevor Bauer and his personal life that it seems there is a woman who has accused him of assault. And of course, this is big news because Trevor Bauer is an all-star pitcher. He's in the spotlight. So this is a news story. This is making the news. And what came of this fairly quickly from Trevor Bauer's agent were text messages saying that the woman that filed the charges against Mr. Bauer sent to him asking for rough sexual encounters, wanting to be choked out, wanting to be slapped. And there appears to be this evidence that the woman asked specifically for this. They hooked up twice. She drove to his house from San Diego to his residence, I guess, in Pasadena, California, it says, according to TMZ. I know 
we're getting to the bottom of the barrel when we go to TMZ. But when it's the smut stories, TMZ, they seem to have their fingers on the pulse, which is really what we're going for here, I guess. But the intriguing thing for this is one, if you're in the public eye and you got money like Trevor Bauer does, you have to be really careful who you decide to have any kind of a relationship with. We talked about it here on Random Thoughts at one point, what happened to Chicago Blackhawks star Patrick Kane a few years ago, where a woman claimed that he uh, roughed her up or something like that. And fortunately for him, this also happened in his house and he had security footage that he was able to provide and prove his innocence. So Trevor Bauer may have the same thing here, but this now starts leading down this safe space, this everybody gets a trophy, this we must believe all accusers line of thinking. Well, what do you do if a woman asked Trevor Bauer to smack her around, choke her out, and he did it? Is it legal to do it if somebody asks you to do it? I don't know. I'm not really sure. It reminds me of that How I Met Your Mother episode where Barney Stinson had that theory that there's that line of hot and crazy that the hotter a woman is, the crazier we allow her to be. I haven't seen pictures of this woman. I'm guessing she might be high on that scale, which would explain why Trevor Bauer decided to have these two encounters with her. But uh, it should be a warning to anybody out there that you have to be very careful about what you do and who you're with and how this can end up biting you in the ass. And I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe you need a signed contract for this kind of stuff now. You know, if you're going to have a sexual encounter, you'd be like, you better sign here on the dotted line and check here. Would you want me to do this, this and this? And again, legally, I'm still kind of curious how this holds up because I would think assault isn't assault and choking somebody out and slapping them. I mean, if you just do that to somebody up and you're walking down the street and you see somebody and you go and you choke them out or you slap them, that's assault. But if somebody asks for it first, is it okay? Is it legal then? What's the law on this? We need to know. If we have any lawyers out in the audience, feel free to reach out. Let me know. Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at Random Thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com. It's a crazy world we live in, isn't it? My buddy Larry Blydner from That Larry Show and I talked all about a lot of crazy stuff on the most recent episode of Grumpy Old Ben's. If you want to check that out, I think it's a pretty good show. And Larry does a hell of a show. One of the best storytellers out there, thatlarryshow.com. But we do work on the value for value model. I mentioned that earlier. Today, nobody decided to take part, and that's okay. We're still doing the shows. That's the beauty of the value for value model. We're still putting the content out there. It's up to you to decide you got some value out of the show. And then go over to randomthoughts.com slash donate. Click that donate button if you want to do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR code and wallet addresses if you want to use a cryptocurrency. And you can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the check route, which is awesome if you go in and do that through your online bank's bill pay, because then you don't have to pay anything. 
The check just magically shows up in my P.O. box. I don't have to pay a percentage to put that into the bank. And that is a beautiful thing. With that said, we will be back next week to do another edition of the Random Thoughts podcast. I hope everybody has a fantastic 4th of July weekend everywhere, but especially here in the United States. Go out, do a little grilling, a little barbecue, get some sun, enjoy an adult beverage or so, and try not to blow any appendages off. That's always a plus on the 4th of July. Let the professionals deal with the big booms. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.